When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to your weekly episode of Shock Therapy, brought to you by the Say It Again Network, Tyler Lawrence, Zach Alfers. We're going to dive into this terrible Baltimore Ravens game. Ugly. And then we're going to look at kind of what we can do now that we're going on a bye week to help improve this roster, improve the issues in this game. Uh, we'll talk about some of our uh, our mid-season performers, players that have performed well, players that uh, maybe deserve some more playing time players that probably need a little less playing time. How you doing, Zach? I'm doing pretty good. You know, got a couple days removed from that just embarrassing loss and <clears throat> now I'm doing all right. The NBA tipped off yesterday. So October's a really, you got the uh, baseball playoffs heating up. October's a really good time for sports in general. Uh, I'm, I'm just happy we are now removed from that Sunday loss. Cause it was, it was embarrassing, man. We're at that time of the year where we got three major sports going on all yeah. at the same time. MLB playoffs are getting getting toward the end there. The NBA just started, and the NFL is right in the middle of its season. And I mean, hockey gets you know doesn't get enough love. Like I think hockey is a really interesting sport. I don't understand it quite as much as I do baseball, basketball, and football. But when I turn on a hockey game, I am thoroughly entertained every time. So. You, you got NHL also in, in the midst of its season too. So it's it's a fun time to be a sports fan in general. You know, I've never been to a hockey game. No? No, never been. I hear it is is one of the funnest sports atmospheres it's to be. It's a, a great part atmosphere. Of. I've only been to a couple. I've only been to a couple, but they're amazing. I definitely recommend it. And they're cheap compared to they're a lot more cheap. They're a lot cheaper compared to the other big leagues right now. Maybe maybe I'll take the wife to a Ducks game or something. Ducks are fun, man. They're up and coming. They're a young team. They'll be they'll be relevant for a couple years. So Zach, let's talk about this game, man. Yeah. Chargers get blown out thirty four to six. They only converted three of twelve third downs. Uh, they had one of four fourth down conversions, which is really unlike them. Total yardage. 208 yards, uh, 182 yards passing, just 26 yards rushing. Chargers got way behind uh, really early, and they just 
were throwing the ball quite a bit, but what weren't being overly effective. Justin Herbert was just 22 of 39 passing uh, for 182 yards. The Baltimore Ravens kind of struggled through the air though. I know they were getting, um, getting a lot of rushing yards. I mean, they had 187. We know that this is an issue. Uh, we're really, it's, it's a big issue that needs to be addressed during this bye week. How do you think that the uh, chargers played other than just like complete dog shit? <laughs> well, I, I, it's just one of those days, right? We got outplayed in all three phases. I thought the Ravens had a lot more energy. I thought they were a lot more physical than us. And most importantly, they executed more. You go through the that the stat sheet, and no Raven player really had a, a crazy offensive game. They're just efficient with with their chances. And I, I thought really early on, you know, Staley, I, I thought he's had great game plans coming in. But I thought this was the first game that he was outcoached. Like I, I really like Harbaugh's game plan of running the ball down our throats, and then defensively, I thought their scheme of just getting after Herbert. Uh, a lot of uh, different packages of of blitz packages, you know, that worked extremely well for them. And I want to give a lot of credit to the Ravens team. They really just took the entire Charger team out of their comfort zone. You know, they came out early, punched us straight in the mouth. And with those two early touchdowns, you know, we had a couple chances in the second quarter to come back and make this interesting again. But it, it seemed like when Viscano missed his fifth extra point of the season, at that point, it seemed like all energy was sapped from the team, right? We, I did not like how he responded. It, it appeared at that point, like the team had just, you know, gave up. And, you know, for whatever reason, uh, we just didn't have it on Sunday. You know, maybe it was jet lag. Maybe it's just the effects of playing a really, really tough opening schedule. I'm not sure exactly what was off with the bolts, but I just know they were off and it happens from time to time. And I think that's, what's so great about the NFL. You will be humbled very, very quickly. If you can think you can just go through the motions and simply show up Sunday and win a football game, it doesn't, it just doesn't work like that. And I think this loss, what it does is it humbles the squad. You know, we were riding really high off three game winning streak. Most importantly, I think it tells this team we're not exactly where we need to be yet. And I think that's fine. I don't think you want to peak in October. You want to be playing your best football in January when it matters. And so I, I, I think what this loss does for this team is it makes it, it focus us. It makes us have to focus on the adjustments we need to make. Most importantly, we got to get better on run defense. Um, if we want to make a deep playoff run, that just needs to be better. And I think a great part about a loss like this early in the season, we have the rest of the year to shore up our weaknesses. And at the end of the day, I think we have a very good football team, the very solid record. And if healthy, I think we're going to be, Right in, in in the running for one of the best teams in the AFC. So, yeah, it was a bad loss. I, I, I understand getting frustrated with it. I mean, I was sweating profusely just out of anger. So I understand getting frustrated. But I think a lot of fans have just wanted to, like, throw the season out the window. We were 4-2. and two. Best team in the, the division. Second best team in the conference. It, it, it's not the end of it. You know, we are still a very good football team. We just had an off day, and as simple as that. Yeah, I definitely think it was a humbling experience for sure. Uh, I didn't get to watch all of the game. I was kind of in a car trying to to peek in and out of service when I could, uh, which was kind you? of annoying. <laughs> we were driving up to my sister's in Riverside for a birthday party, uh, okay. so I made my wife drive. But there's areas on the 15 where that coverage gets a little spotty down here. Uh, so I didn't get to watch all of it. I ended up watching it all on Monday, um, kind of during work. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was just headed on in the background. I was kind of watching what I noticed, what, what I think where the Ravens won is I think they took away some of those short passing concepts, mm-hmm. right? Uh, they were playing really close near the line of scrimmage. And we've been doing a lot of like rubs, getting the ball out into the flat, things of that nature. And we threw to Marlon Humphrey a lot. And that's not yeah. where I would typically go. And Marlon Humphrey, it, it seemed like they lined him exactly where they, they wanted the ball to go every single time. You know, if it's third and short, they're manning him up on, you know, that that outside X slant or, you know, some of those rubs. And Humphrey was right there. And it's I feel like they just they knew what was coming play after play after play. And I think that they were watching a lot of film and seeing what do we do on third down? Right. Cause on third down, we're not taking shots. We're doing these little rubs and we're getting just enough to, to get to the first down marker. And I, I feel like it's become so repetitive week after week after week that the Ravens saw it on defense and were like, Hey, right here, this is what they want to do. They want to do these spacing concepts and what we want to do as a defense, as a unit, is we want to come downhill. We want to to make sure that those quick outs, those quick slants, we take them away right off the bat, and we're going to bring pressure, and we're, we're going to stop them that way. We're not going to let them do those rubs. And, you know, one of the great things about Joe Lombardi is a lot of his play calling has not been so easy to recognize, right? Um, but – over the last couple of weeks, it's kind of been the same thing, the same thing, the same thing. And maybe maybe we just weren't creative enough with those play calls uh, to get those those conversions. That's why we were thir- 3 of 12. Uh, that's why we were 1 of 4 on, on third down. It, it makes a lot of sense, and I think that the Ravens just had a really good game plan. The, the Chargers ultimately got out coached. And then by by the time the second half rolled around, I feel like, our energy level that we started the game with, it just dissipated yeah. pretty quickly. And that's just kind of seen like the flow of the game. You could see that the Chargers were visibly frustrated on the sideline. And, you know, the, the Ravens got in their head. And they won They won the mental part of the game, which is so, yeah. so important. Well, and they got our star quarterback out of his game. Have you ever seen Herbert take his helmet and bang it on the turf out of frustration? That is very cool calm collected type of player he doesn't so do that he doesn't do that and that is all credit to the ravens they took us out of our game and like you said everything we wanted to do the ravens knew and they were all ready for it and uh at the end of the day they executed they had a great game so your top three graded players according to pff on offense was keenan allen Corey Lindsley and Matt Filer on defense. Darren James was still all over the field. Yeah. Uh, Linval Joseph and Chris Rump the second. The the Chargers, like I said, they, they really struggled in those third down conversions. <clears throat> uh, but defensively, they, they also really struggled to stop the run. I mean, Devontae Freeman hasn't been relevant in at least three or four years. Le'Veon yeah. Bell hasn't been relevant in at least since his – Le'Veon Bell has not been any sort near the player he was when he was with the Steelers. And each one of them got a touchdown. Latavius Murray got a touchdown. I mean, those are some older backs. Those guys are way past their prime. And the fact that we allowed 187 yards to those three players, Lamar Jackson even out of the equation, the fact that we allowed that many yards to a team that has really struggled to run the ball. I mean, Lamar Jackson has been their leading rusher every single game this season. 
And that just really goes to show how bad the Chargers run defense is. A team that has struggled to get over 100 yards uh, all but their first game. It's it's ridiculous. It's terrible. And it's an area that needs to be upgraded. Not just, not just game planned better, but we need to upgrade that defensive line. And we'll talk about trade targets here in a little bit, but that's how we lost this game. I mean, we we had almost 20 to 40 minutes in time of possession taken away from us. Like we the, the Chargers weren't even on the field. The offense wasn't even on the field all that often. No. Well, it was our first what I want to say, first five possessions, no points, and an interception. And then we're down 17 points in MT Bank Stadium. Not an easy place to play. Yeah. yeah it, it was bad across the board. That was a tough game to watch as a fan. Tristan Vizcano has been really, really bad. He's missed five extra points. And to a degree, I get the idea of wanting to stick with him, right? The fact that you've got a young player, you want to develop him. And typically at this point in the season, the free agency market for kickers, it's a lemon market, right? But you got Josh Lambeau, who was just let go. You got Dustin Hopkins, who was just let go. I think there's a real need to take a look at those two players in particular and make a decision on whether or not you think that they today are better than Tristan Vizcano. And I know Josh Lambeau lost his job mostly because he's been injured the last two seasons. As a kicker, that's really strange to have injuries to that position when they're non-contact. But those guys are far and ways better than what Vizcano has been through the first couple games of the season. Well, I just don't trust the guy. Five missed extra points in six Those are games. Those well, are and gimmies. I was I was reading since they moved it back in 2015, the record for most in a seat most mixed extra points in a season is seven. He's already at five, and we have t- the longest season left to to play. Like you have a lot of chances to miss some more extra points, and at this point, it's getting to the point where I just want to go for two every time. Miss Kano comes out there and I am just terrified. I'm look I am watching through my my fingers. He scares the hell out of me. And he luckily hasn't put the team in a situation where we need that to to tie the game, right? Well, and that's crazy. That, that's crazy. And what why I want it addressed kickers matter in playoff games. These points are, haven't come back to haunt us because we had a gangster quarterback to bail us out. In the Ravens game, he was he was taking off his game. He wasn't able to bail us out, and it didn't affect us, those missed extra points. We weren't anywhere near the game anyway, but they add up, and especially in January in a playoff game, you need all the points you can get because it's hard. It's hard to score in January. I'm terrified that we're going to come to the end of a game. We're going to score a, a final-minute touchdown, and we're going to miss an extra point to tie the game. And lose we're going to lose. Point, yeah by an extra point. Those are chip shots, man. That yeah. is, that's going to be one of the most embarrassing losses that we are going to see this season. Cause I feel like it's going to happen, man. I, well, I'm going to just knock on some wood right here because I, I could, I can see it materializing. I don't like the, I don't like the look. I know I'm going to lose my shit that day. Yeah. It's just, it's not something I want to deal with any longer. I get stay the ship, develop your own, right? This guy is going to leave here. And in two or three years, he's going to be, be a, a young way coup. It's or, the recipe, right? Yeah. That's the well, recipe. And even Lambo before he got injured, I want to say was 
garbage with us, but he was a rookie too. So you yeah. got to give some, but I, I feel like we're a win now team. And I just don't know necessarily if we're, we should wait for that, especially when there are better options on the market, at least two guys, all these other guys that are, are free agents right now. I'm not even giving them a shot. I'm, I'm still going to keep him, but you got two, you have one of them that I think was an all pro. I think Lambo was an all pro one year. I thought he was. And then Hopkins has been in the NFL for like 10, 15 seasons. Consistent. Consistently. We know Ty Long has a big enough leg to do the touchbacks if we want to give those duties over to him. But I'm just not seeing – I mean, he's a big reason why the Chargers special teams is ranked 30th in the NFL, according to PFF. And it has nothing to do with our coverage units. It has nothing to do with our blocking up front. It's all Lambo missing extra points. <laughs> It's terrible. Well, and I, he's missed a field goal as well. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he's four of five, I believe, in in that area. But we're not. We're going for it on fourth down. Like how many of those yeah. opportunities where we had, you know, near the forty yard line, where we weren't going to give him that opportunity to kick, we're going to go for it, try to win the game. Well, and I wonder how much of that is Staley wanting to be aggressive, and how much of that is him having no confidence in the kicking game. I don't what do know, you think? Because I feel like situation to situation, sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah, Staley's just going for it. But then the last couple of games, it feels like he doesn't have any faith in that guy. In press conferences, he's going to say he does, but it's his action show he does not. Well, if if it was really that bad, I feel like he would have gotten rid of him already. Right, okay. Right? Fair. And the fact that we've been so good on fourth down conversions over the last – the rest of the other games that we just played. I mean, every single time we missed an extra point, we went for it for, for two and we converted, I think all of them. If, if not, we only missed like one. So I, I think you have enough faith in your team to make up for those errors until you're not able to make up for that error. Right. Yeah. Until it is that final kick or that, you know, game winner yeah. from, from 45 yards that, you know, you're, you can't have your offense bail you out of that. You can right. get bailed out of missing extra points. You can't get bailed out of a game winner. No. Yeah, I, I'm nervous. I'm ready. I, and I go back and forth. Um, I, I would like to make a move. I don't want Lambo, but I, would, I would, wouldn't mind bringing in Hopkins to see what he can do. Uh, we just spent five minutes talking about kickers, bro. I'm, I'm ready to move on to the next topic. <laughs> Let's talk about trade targets. Let's talk about what do we need to do during this bye week to improve our sales. And we've already touched on one. We signed Andre Roberts, who yeah. was a all-pro, two-time all-pro punt returner. Uh, I know he hadn't done much in his career up until 2018. He's 32 years old. I don't foresee this being the biggest move that we're going to make during the bye week, but I do think it's significant because – it is an upgrade over KJ Hill, who hasn't muffed any punts. He hasn't made any major, major mistakes, but he doesn't give you any return ability because he's, I mean, the guy ran a 4 6 something at his pro day, which is just horrendous. So this guy is going to give you the ability to get some, some longer returns. I like, I like to get, you know, a little invigoration into the return game because we really haven't had a, a good punt returner since a kick or punt returner since like the Darren Sproles days. And I, I get 
Roberts is good. He's he's old, but he's good. Three straight Pro Bowls, two two times making an All Pro team. I like it. We are the worst team with starting field goal position following a kickoff, and we're returning it quite a bit, just right out to the twenty. It's like mine as well. Just take the knee. Um, I and like it takes the Seer Adderley out of that role as well, which I really like because I don't want a starter. That no. is such a dangerous way to get hurt because you get guys flying full speed at you and you if you don't make one of the miss or you hesitate it's a big hit and typically those that land in injuries and the seer adder is already dealing with one he just missed a game for for an injury so well i'm okay getting him out of the kick return game anyways i love that and i was just taking a look at robert's uh highlight film before we hopped on here he does not get taken down first contact very often he's very very slippery returner so i'm excited to see what he can do back there if anything just give us five more yards than we've been getting because yeah the the return game has been pedestrian so far um i think another trade target that i'm looking at i I know you're probably going to get into the defensive tackles but i think a position that i'd like to target is another offensive lineman especially with oday out for the season I do not want to regress in our offensive line play because I think that is a very big part of our success early on. And the guy I'm looking at right now is young guy plays for the Buffalo bills. Name is Cody Ford. He's just entering his prime. He, I think he turns 25 in about a month or so. He was a 2019 second round pick out of Oklahoma played right tackle as a rookie played guard for the bills last season. He's currently their backup at right guard. And it's not the blockbuster trade that everyone's looking for, but I think it makes a lot of sense. He's in his third year of a four-year deal. It means we'd be able to retain him through the 2022 season, and he's still very young, like I said, not even 25. A lot of football left in him, and I think pairing him with like a generational talent like Rayshon Slater, I think that could be special. And because he's not even playing for Buffalo right now. He is their backup. So I think the asking price will be very, very low. I think it would be a mid round to most likely a late round pick to get him here. I think it just makes too much sense. I I, I understand Schofield coming in. I would like a little more. Well, I'd like a little more depth. And I think Cody Ford, he makes us competitive today, but then he also helps his O-line next year as well. He definitely could take over that starting role. You don't have to worry about that for a few seasons. I think my biggest concern is Cody Ford has spent a lot of time injured. A well, lot he, of time. Well, it, it was half of 20. So, uh, and that's probably why he was regressed and, and is in a backup role. But you look at the rest of the Buffalo's offensive line, they're pretty good. And at this point, Cody Ford has been dressed, has suited up every game of this season. Um, for as, as far as I know, he was, had a healthy training camp. So I understand, I understand the, um, concern over his injury history, but he's just so young. And I, I think there's a lot of untapped potential second rounder out of Oklahoma. That's a solid program. That is a solid player. I, I, and I really, I just looking at the longevity of things. I don't, like I said, I don't think it makes a super competitive today, but I just think it makes too much sense because he's not playing right now and he would insert right into our starting lineup i think if he, we brought him over here to los angeles i definitely think he'd probably be one of the better backups and i feel like the bills would be very hesitant to let him go even for a fourth or fifth round pick right and just because they've already invested a second round pick in the guy 
and they they have to view him as their future starter. I don't believe anybody that they have at guard is under a long-term contract and is like a all pro caliber player. I, I would be, if I was the bills, I'd be very hesitant to let go of offensive line depth, especially when he has potential to play tackle, which is what he was in college. That's what he was drafted to do. I think he played his rookie year at tackle and then yeah. moved inside to guard. Yeah. I, I just, I feel like I would put a high value on a player like that, especially when you're a playoff team. Now, if you're a team like the Jaguars or even the Steelers, you know, where you're in a situation where you're not going to be overly competitive and you're already headed for a rebuild, for sure, I, I'd offload load a player like that. But I just – I don't see the value to them in getting a six-round pick for a player that they could could eventually become their starter if one injury – he's one well, injury away from that. And if that is – if that's how they feel, then that makes completely sense. But my, my fact – what, what throws me is he went from a starter – his rookie year to getting hurt his second year. And now he's a backup. So that just kind of tells me he's not playing for a reason. And maybe they do have Daryl Williams. I can't remember who their left guard is. Daryl Williams is old. So maybe he is their insurance policy. I just think you're, I don't know. You're not using the guy. So yeah, I, 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 I feel it. like the asking price would be low. And I think it makes it with, I think it would work for both sides, but that just kind of my, my, feeling for towards things also i would like cody ford over here on on, on the team yeah I, I totally get your your concept in that i i do have a few fit, trade targets i know the one that's being shopped around the most right now is akeem hicks yeah akeem hicks would be a massive uh, familiar with a couple of different coaches on the chargers coaching staff uh, i think that the bears might be willing to ship him off I probably hand out because I'm so desperate. I probably hand out like a second round pick because I feel like that is like our major, major issue. And I know he's only like 27, 28 years old, and that's kind of a hefty price to be trading away for a player like that. But we need a desperate upgrade over Christian Covington, Jerry Hillary. I know Justin Jones is on his way back, but I don't necessarily know how comfortable I am with with our defensive tackle room, especially knowing, thinking that we thought that was such a strong position group during yeah. the preseason. I mean, those guys were making massive amounts of plays all the time. I know we're, we're advocating for Forrest Merrill to take a bigger role. That's kind of the nose tackle position, but our three tech defensive tackles are not getting it done. Christian Covington. I actually went back and watched some, some film earlier this week. I watched two different games. This guy, he looks so big. I remember us talking about him during training camp. Yeah. But every time I see him in the run game, he's getting driven three, four yards off the ball, and he's cr helping create these huge running lanes. We already know Jerry Tillery's been a massive, massive downgrade from what we thought he was going to be. He hasn't progressed very well either. There's no chance that he's getting a fifth-year option. That's just not going to end up happening. He's in his third year. He's been pretty healthy. He's gotten significant playing time, but he hasn't developed into much, if anything. And you're tied to him. I know you're tied to him because you've already spent the, the draft capital to, to get him, but Jerry Tillery is just not the answer. There's a couple other players, though, I think that could be potential trade targets. Matt Ioannidis from the 
Washington football team. I think that there is a trade potential there, mostly because he's one not starting, and two Washington is already like one and five, yeah. so they know that they they need a future quarterback. They could use some draft capital to go and help put themselves up there if they land outside the top five. Um, and I, and I think that's a player. He's only like 26, 27 years old who would not only be a starter, but a heavy, heavy contributor for us in the run game. Uh, somebody that really would help boost this run defense quite a bit. Uh, a little outside the box here, uh, Grady Jarrett. I know Grady mm. Jarrett's probably one of the best defensive tackles in the NFL. That's the uh, blockbuster right there. That's I, the blockbuster. That's you're sending a first round pick and something else. And for take Tillery. Why don't you take Tillery also? We'd probably have to pay for that, honestly. Yeah, you'd have to pay for that. <laughs> but the reason I picked Grady Jarrett, number one, he's got a $20 million cap hit coming this year. He's got one next year. Oh. Uh, and we already know the Falcons were really struggling financially. And you're going to take that contract off of their books especially when they're headed for a rebuild. I feel like they've been in a rebuild since they left the Super Bowl. But yeah, that that's right. They they had to wait till the, like the last day to sign they Kyle had Pitts. To like, trade you know away Julio Jones. That's right. <laughs> that they had to trade away Julio Jones. And that's I feel right. like that's a team that financially they can't handle that contract. And I know they must love Grady Jarrett because Grady Jarrett's been ball. a phenomenal player. But I'm at least picking up the phone call, having a conversation. Hey, I know you guys are strapped for cash. Maybe it gets a little bit better next year. What if we can make it a lot better and give you some some draft capital in the process so you guys can continue your guys' rebuild? I would like that. That that elevates us from a playoff contender to the Super Bowl contender. I love that move. And I say if TT has... If, if they have any interest in the Falcons organization, TT has to jump all over that. That would be outstanding. That would be a massive, massive upgrade for that team. It well, would. It's one of the best players in the league at the position, at our weakest position. Like, of course, it makes too much sense. It makes a lot of sense. I know Atlanta fans would hate, hate that move so much. But let's be real here. He's got a $20 million cap hit, and they can't afford it. Yeah. Well... No, you're absolutely right. It, I think you gotta put a, a you gotta at least give them a couple packages to think about. Just make them think about it. Yeah, I totally would do that, especially because I feel like we should be in a win now mode, and you need a high caliber player to put in that position because your whole run defense is so focused on that one spot. Michael Brockers, we know he's got familiarity with Brandon Staley. I think he only signed a one-year contract. I think it's with the Lions. The Lions are just straight garbage this year. So bad. And I just think that... Are they going to win a game this year? uh, I think they will. They've been competitive. They have been competitive. They have have lost close games to some of these teams. That's true. And I do do really like their skill players. No. (laughs) No. 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 The Bears, maybe, but Justin Fields is just starting to heat up. So I think Michael Brockers makes a lot of sense. He played really well in this same exact role last season for mm-hmm. Brandon Staley. That conversation I'm having. There's a handful of players, Sheldon Rank, starting for the Saints. I think that's kind of a uh, um, a pipe dream a little because I think the Saints are in win-now mode, and I think that yeah. they think that they can be very competitive, at least make the playoffs. 
Uh, Dwayne Smoot from the Jaguars is, is an option, and Malik Collins from the Texans. We got to do something. We also got a couple free agents. I was just looking at the free agent list for defensive tackle. So we've got Bo Allen, who would be an, uh, a backup to the nose tackle position. Um, but I don't think that's our issue. But looking over this, we got PJ Hall, 26 years old, um, playing for Houston right now. We got Kwan or play last played for Houston. We got Kwan Short. And by the way, Geno Atkins is out there. I don't know if anybody knows that. I don't know if anybody cares. He is past his prime, but he would be a, a huge upgrade over what we have currently playing that role. Sheath underwear makes the most comfortable boxer briefs I've ever worn. If you're sick of boxers that are too loose or briefs that are too tight, Sheath is for you. The most comfortable boxer briefs you'll ever put on your body. You see, their stretchy fabric is made out of a moisture-wicking technology. They're super soft, keep everything cool and comfortable, and right in place. Sheath is particularly useful for staying cool while working out. Now, the most unique thing about sheath underwear is that they have these dual pouches that keep your man parts separated, which prevents things from sticking together, keeps them right where they need to be. They'll be the most comfortable pair of boxer briefs you've ever won in your life. Plus, they have brand new materials like bamboo and mesh for even more cooling comfort. Go to sheathunderwear.com and get the most comfortable underwear you've ever worn. And if you use promo code IHEART, you'll also get 20% off your order. That's sheathunderwear.com. Promo code IHEART for 20% off your order. Sheathunderwear.com. Promo code IHEART. Yeah, I think those all are of the those guys, guys. Those are the guys that I'm looking at. We we really need to upgrade that position. Eric Banks didn't work out. No. Um, Jerry Tillery is just getting worse and worse and worse. Justin Jones is coming back, but you're going to want to to rotate him with somebody, right? We need a little more. I love Justin Jones. I think he's going to dramatically help he's not the one-man solution and right now it is a problem it's more than just one guy uh solution i think and i think all of those guys you mentioned would be major major upgrades some more than others but i think you gotta you gotta bring in somebody to help play defensive tackle because tillery should not be playing very much if at all and you know the other thing I look at, and the last reason I think we need to, to get a defensive tackle is how often do we have five defensive linemen on the defensive line? We got two edge guys, and then we've got three guys there in the middle. And it, and I mean that's not our base defense, but it is a package that we have. And the guys that are playing on both over both guards, they're they're not getting it done. No, no, ten yards blown back off the line. It's embarrassing. Um, and as a team, as an organization, they should be embarrassed with their run defense and their performance so far. It has to be better. It just has to. If we have, you know, if we want to live up to the expectations that we have set for this team, it starts with the run defense. It has to be fixed, man. It is a major, major problem. And it's something that it, I'm just, I, I feel like I could talk about it all day long. I could yeah. keep looking through depth charts and looking for guys on bad teams that could be. I mean, I made a joke earlier in a text message. I know a high school kid right now that plays DP that I would put at defensive tackle <laughs> over Jerry Tillery. We need we need to upgrade the position. I think he's like 135 pounds. I think he'd do more. <laughs> we're not getting much. So, I mean, it, <laughs> yeah, we're not getting much right now. So, I think we can get put Ant-Man over there. 
and we'd be fine. Put an anthill at D tackle and we get more production. It's it's something that we need to upgrade. Do you have any other uh, thoughts on upgrades? I want I we hit our kick returner, which I thought was big. We touched on the kicker. I really thought I want I want to get Cody Ford in here, but I, I think the number one option the number one target right now should has to be a D tackle. A run stuff in D tackle. What about game game adjustments, game plan adjustments that, that need to be had during this bye week? It, Brandon Saley said in an article that they, they're gonna self scout right now. This is a time I to like self scout and make decisions to make your football team better. And that's not just through trades, that could be position changes, right? Uh, one that I, I've seen a, a handful of times that I, I, I kind of like the idea of doing is moving Kenneth Murray to edge and let him play kind of similar to how Michael Parsons played us when we played the Cowboys. So I thought that might be like an interesting uh, interesting experiment. It's kind of late in the season to, to experiment like that. I believe Kenneth Murray should be coming back after the bye week. But that's something I'd be really interested to see because he's too talented of a player to leave off. Yeah. And our edge defenders haven't played all that well. I mean, we, we've gotten some pressure on the quarterback with some of those guys, but they're also a major reason why we've been struggling in the run game. Yeah. Um, now thinking about it, now mentioning the linebacking core, I think that might also be another position to target for a potential trade is an inside linebacker with run stuff and ability because we have, we have the guys that could rush the passer with tranquil. We have guys that could drop back in coverage. We're missing that thumper like Denzel Perryman. Denzel Perryman. Yeah. yeah. We're missing that thumper in the middle of the defense. And I don't know. I think getting a guy similar to Denzel Perryman who could just lay the wood, you know, make people scared to run the football. Cause right now nobody is scared to run the football a against run the situation linebacker. I think that might be good to add to their core. Cause as good as we've talked about this core, there's a major, major weakness and it's run defense. Not it is. Yeah. Across the board, they don't play the run very well. And I think you get a big body back there. That would be kind of nice. I'm just scoping out the free agency list and I don't see anybody. I don't uh, remember I see seeing a- I see a Leon Jacobs that I've never heard of that's on the top 100, but he's like number 60. Yeah, there is no free agent linebackers. James Burgess, maybe. Dion Buchanan, but again, that's a really light guy. I mean, he played safety for years. Yeah, there there, it's a very bear market there. Might be an opportunity. I still think our, our linebacking room is too... It's too talented to already look for replacements there. And I feel like signing a player takes away the development of Nick Neiman and Eamon Ogbonk-Miga. Let's talk about that real quick now that I'm thinking about sure. it. What do you think about Eamon being the 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 heavy starter in place of Nick Neiman kind of in that situation there? Well, so I kind of was expecting that. And I know I was kind of – I know everybody kind of thought it was going to be Neiman. But I liked – I'm in there because I think he has a little more range. He just has a little more athleticism. And that's what I, and I, I, I thought he played all right. I thought Neiman played all right. I do like developing them. I like, I want to see more of Amon because I think he has the ability to be that thumper that we are missing. 
I, I really do like his instincts out there. I think he just hasn't had enough snaps um, to get his, you know, bearings in this defense. And he, he's kind of lost back there, similar to Kenneth Murray or early on. I really like Amon. I really like Neiman for what he is, but I think Amon can be developed into a better. I think Amon's going to have a better career. I, I don't want to say that either because Neiman's more polished. Amon just has, I think, a higher ceiling. So Amon played 41 snaps compared to Nick Neiman's 18. Ugh, that's significant. Yeah, that is that is significant. Neither player graded very well. Uh, both of them graded under 30.0 in, in defensive grade. Their, well run defense, no their run defense grades were both under 30. Um, I didn't even really look at them all that well, but I still think those guys are too talented not to, to place – to sign somebody and, and play them over them. Um, I just don't think that makes too much sense, but I do like the idea of moving Kenneth Murray to edge, maybe in certain packages. Cause I think he's super athletic and I think he really excelled at getting after the passer in college. So, well, and I don't know how I, I know it's only maybe one snap, but we put DJ on the edge one play and he played really well. I think he got a sack Every and Matt day. forced a fumble. Every we, game this season we've done that, he has gotten to the passer. He's – I mean, that guy's that guy's great. You could line him up at defensive tackle, and I'd feel a lot more comfortable. Well, and he's <laughs> played it in high school. Like he, Yeah, he has. <laughs> All right, let's get into some midseason. They're not necessarily awards. I guess a few of these are, but some midseason. How are these players doing? What do you want to see happen, right? Who is your – team offensive team MVP right now offensive MVP to me I really believe that without Herbert we are not sitting at four and two right now um I think to me he is the offensive MVP he brought us back had the game-winning drive against Washington football team he outdueled Prescott in week two we just ended up dropping that we could chop that up to we'll call it questionable officiating led the game-winning drive against the Chiefs you know, didn't have the greatest showing against the Raiders, but had three touchdowns and no interceptions. That's balling out. All three of those touchdowns came in the first half. I think without that big lead early, that game could have easily gotten away from us, um, especially in the primetime slot with the Raiders on fire at that point before the Gruden ordeal. And then I think his best hero moment came in that Browns game that we went to. Takes us from a 42-35 deficit late in the fourth ends up pulling that one off, which I, I think has to be one of the most epic comebacks of the year so far for any team. And the Bolts ended up winning that 47-42. So uh, I think he was taken out of his game a little bit against by, uh, by the Ravens. I think he showed, you know, we're all human. We all have those off days, but I'm still rocking with Herbert. I think that is going to be an outlier performance against the Baltimore um, when you look back on the season. I, I really expect him to use that as fuel. I, I think he's going to get better. He's already has 1,700 passing yards, 14 touchdowns to four interceptions. That's elite production. And we have one of the best young quarterbacks leading this team right now. And that's what I think Herbert is, right? He is the leader. And I know it's only a second season, but you could tell, you know, his teammates believe in him. The coaches believe in him. And so, yeah, Herbert, Herbert is my offensive MVP midway through the season because I just don't think we are the same team without him or without a quarterback of his caliber. So my offensive MVP, I'm going to go a little different than you. I think it's Rayshon Slater, right? And I yeah. think 
he is quietly he's becoming noticed right like players know that he's playing really well but he's playing exceptionally well compared to other players at different positions I mean Slater's only allowed 10 total pressures he's played every snap this season he's allowed 10 total pressures which ranks 21st among all offensive tackles but most of his pressures have been hurries right they haven't been like pure pressures like he's not letting guys hit the quarterback or anything like that he's allowed seven hurries he does have two sacks allowed one was against miles garrett okay you're you're allowed one for when you're going playing um miles garrett but this guy has been a steady anchor to that position which we have been missing for so long so long so long and I mean, he's not only been one of the best rookies, but he's literally been one of the best players at his position in the NFL. I honestly believe that he's having like a legitimate all pro type of season. Like he is just mauling guys. Yeah. And it's his first season. Like it's just incredible. Well, you you know, your confidence is sky high when you have to go back to the huddle and tell Austin Eckler to leave Miles Garrett alone. And let me take him one on one. Like, yeah, how? he's mine. He's that is mine. A, Stop ch- chipping him. I want every piece, piece of a of mindset. Me. I, I love it. Chargers. When are we gonna get my Rayshon Slater Day parade? I want it. He yeah. has really been phenomenal this season. Like overall, I think he's been the best player of any player at on the Chargers at any position, just because of how he has just taken that role on. I mean, and he's, it's not even like he's been playing like garbage pass rushers. No. I mean, no, Montez Sweat, Chase Young, Miles Garrett. He also lined up every week in practice against Joey Bosa. The dude's not, he's impressing. You, you're expecting struggles from a rookie at, anyways. Like you're, you're expecting him to struggle and he's not. He already looks like he's at the top of his game and he's only getting better. It's incredible. It's a brush of fresh air. And the dude's a baller. I love everything about Rayshon Slater. And we need we need to throw a parade, bro. I'm down yeah. to throw one. Because he has been absolutely phenomenal. In my opinion, the best player at his position. That's fair. He's a beast. And it, it it's his demeanor. Like he just breathes confidence. And um, you know, I'd love to play next to that guy. I think I could be a decent left guard playing next to Rayshon Slater because he he is a beast. I, I agree. So who's your defensive MVP so, so far? Yeah. To me, I think Derwin James is definitely the leader of the defense, but because we've really not really got a lot of production from the edge players, and I really think the rest of the defensive line has just been trash. So my defensive MVP at this point is Joey Bosa, easily our most disruptive player. And I think other teams know that. Like the Ravens did a very good job of double teaming them, chipping them off the edge. They did a great job of slowing them down, even getting the Aaron Donald treatment here and there, getting triple teams. So with all of that attention from opposing offensive lines, he's still generating pressure at a tremendous rate. His pass rush win rate is 16%, tied for the fourth highest mark in, in the league, tied with guys like Miles Garrett and Hassan Reddick in that metric. He leads the team with 26 pressures, which is just ridiculous when you look at the guys behind him on the list. Because if you take the next two leading chargers, which are Jerry Tillery with 14 pressures and Nwosu with 13 pressures, that's only one more pressure than Bosa has generated by himself. And like I mentioned, he's doing that against double teams, sometimes triple teams. He has four sacks, two of which were strip sacks. We haven't been able to recover them, but two forced fumbles as well. 
He's also been a lot better against the run than I think a lot of people want to give him credit for. He's third on the team with 11 run stops. He's really been a one-man wrecking crew. He's been playing very well. I'd like to get him some help moving forward because he, he just can't sustain he can't sustain the, this generating this much pressure with this much attention the opposing offensive lines are giving him. Well, if you're using Joey Bosa, and I know you wanted to use Derwin James, but I stole him. I think Derwin James has definitely been the MVP of this team. And I, I definitely think Joey Bosa is a, a, a pretty distant second in terms of what Derwin James is doing for this defense. I mean, he's calling the defense. He's playing every single position that's not interior defensive line. I mean, the guy's been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, he has had some mental errors, but that's yeah. going to happen when you're playing five different positions and trying to do, do everybody's job. I mean, the guy has been our, our biggest run defender. I mean, he is all over the field. He's just killing it. He He's really Superman. is. And if you were to lock him into a single role, just let him play safety, just let him play in the slot, the dude would be an all pro at that position. But Easily. I mean, he is doing so many different jobs and his head's got to be spinning constantly. Well, constantly, constantly, yeah. constantly. I, and I think it did just kind of get it up to him, but he did look just a step off in that Baltimore Ravens game. I saw multiple times where running backs are beating to the edge. I, I don't see that often. And I, I don't know. I think it just goes back to the entire team was just having an off day. But he did look a, like a step and a half slower than normal. And I just honestly, I think that it's just mentally, it's got to be wearing on him. Like, okay, sure. you know, like I got this role, you I know, mean, and he's he helping other defense. players. He is putting other players in position. Yeah, He's really doing everything for this team. I If he doesn't make the all pro, even at least the second team for everything that he's doing, as really the, the he is the real positionless player in the NFL. No player is playing as many roles, calling the defense. He is the heart and soul of this team. Easy. He, in my opinion, is probably the MVP of the team because he's doing everything. Um, you, you can't over, yeah, you, you, you can't really put his impact. I, I think, I think Staley said it best in one of his press conferences that like you said, if we play DJ at one position, he'd be the best in that position, but it's best for the chargers to have him play six, seven, eight positions. And you, we're not four and two without Derwin James. We're, we just aren't. So let's talk about a player you'd like to see take a bigger role moving forward. Who's a player who has shined in limited snaps, but is deserving of getting more. To me, a player I would like to see get a bigger role moving forward is uh, Tavon Campbell. Right now, he's the Chargers' highest-graded coverage player, currently rated as the eighth-best cornerback in the entire league, according to PFF. And the biggest reason I want to see more Campbell is because I want to see a little less of Chris Harris Jr. I know at his peak, he's one of the game's best, greatest slot defenders. He's a lot. He's away from. He's a long ways away from that player now. You know, he's dealt with a ton of different injuries. He's currently dealing with some nagging injuries. He's a very successful veteran, so I don't want to cut his snaps entirely. But I do think he should be splitting time with Campbell, and I, I, I'm even just going to make the claim, I think Campbell should be the starter in the slot moving forward. My reasoning is because he's appeared in all six games. He made one start, and that was in replacement of Harris Jr. in week three against the Chiefs. Campbell got 92% of the defensive snaps, snaps that game. 
and put together easily his best game of his career. Big part of slowing down Tyreek Hill in that game. He allowed only four catches for 42 yards. He broke up the other two passes that were sent his way. And then he finished with four combined tackles. Most importantly, he forced two Chiefs fumbles. And I mean, that ultimately, those turnovers are what carried us to that the victory in that game. So overall, I just really, really like what I'm seeing from Campbell. I think he's a game changer. He's a difference maker. Um, and I think he really should be earning at least 70% of the snaps in the slot moving forward. It's, it's nothing against Harris Jr. I love that guy. It's just I think it's Campbell's time at this point. I think starting Campbell in that role just makes us a more competitive team, in my opinion. I think Campbell's definitely taken over as the better slot defender. While Chris Harris Jr. has been kind of given that and, and obviously has a relationship with Staley, Sure. obviously as a relationship Ronaldo Hill. I think that he's smart enough and instinctive enough to be able to keep on the roster. Yeah. But I would definitely use him as trade bait because I, I honestly think that we have a better player at that position. We have a pretty strong cornerback room anyways. You still mm-hmm. have Ryan Smith out there who's played really well in the slot throughout his career, um, maybe in limited snaps, but he's definitely like a young emerging player for that position. And I think having... Chris Harris Jr., especially in a uh, a league that is really has speed yeah. in the slot, it, it makes it's almost kind of redundant keeping him on the roster. And I I even like the idea of maybe moving him to safety. Maybe that's one of those uh, bye week um, game plan changes that you're going to do. Is you're going to move him more into that safety role, maybe in place of Loey Gilman. I don't I don't know what you want to do with them, but I don't think he gives you the best ch- chance to win. I think he is deserving of snaps because. He is a smart instinctive player. Yeah. Well, you see him yeah. coming in near the pile, punching the ball out. But guess what? Tevin Campbell's doing that as well. And he's getting the fumbles. And so, and when, like I was saying, like I, I think because of his veteran leadership, because he's been around the game so more so long, I really would like him in one of those player coach roles. I don't think he necessarily needs to be on the field to make an impact. I think him getting on the field is actually deterring from his impact on this team. I would much rather put some younger guys. I mean, Campbell's, I want to say 28. He's old for only being in the second season, but he's bounced around. He was like a CFL all-star. So yeah, I, I like, I think we're just more competitive with Harris spending more time on the sideline. And I don't not take anything away from Chris Harris Jr. He's had a phenomenal career. I really love his personality. Yeah, no, I still I do think love he guy. can contribute and play at a high level, but I, he's not playing at the level Campbell is, and that's ultimately no. what you have to look at. Campbell has been absolutely phenomenal in every game he's played, locking down Tyreek Hill, yep. some of these other speedsters. I mean, that's hard to do. That's extremely hard to do. My player that I think that needs to take a bigger role moving forward. I think Donald Parham has not gotten the same opportunities that a player who's really emerging, at least he did in training camp. Uh, He, he has a touchdown callback. He has another touchdown. He's got a two point conversion. I mean, he, and, and I'd like to come out in more two wide receiver sets to be honest, because I would even like to see him getting more targets than Jalen Guy. You know, well, I think yeah. he is a matchup problem. If you come out and, you know, two tight end sets and you're going to put the the defense in a base defense, that's a huge, huge mismatch. You got Jared Cook and Donald Parham maybe on the same side of the formation, maybe on opposite sides of the formation, and you're creating huge matchup problems there. 
I mean, Jared Cook has played exceptionally well. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to reduce his snaps. I want to increase Parham snaps. Put them in on and some more of those those heavy packages like that, man. Um, because he's going to get matched up with a linebacker. That's a huge mismatch. You're going to force safeties to come down. You're going to force one-on-one coverages on the outside if you can get him rolling. Got to get him rolling, though. So let's talk about player that you think needs to take a lesser role. So I'll go first, actually. So a player that I want to see take a lesser role is Jerry Tillery. I think we've been talking about that pretty much nonstop. And I'm really looking forward to Justin Jones coming in and, and being that guy that goes and does that. But I, I'm, I'm curious on how they're going to utilize him just based off of how we saw the first game. Because Jerry Tillery and him were splitting snaps almost 50-50. And I think it should be closer to like 80-20. Because honestly, Jerry Tillery is such a liability. I think he's the worst team on this player on this roster. That's not, I'm not trying to say anything bad about Tillery. But there's nothing good to say. So ultimately, that's what it comes down to. I think he needs to be replaced. And I, I I would trade him in a heartbeat, to be honest, because if you're able to get anything from Jerry Tillery, it's an upgrade over him playing at all. All right. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I could, I'm with you there. And I wanted him to work out so bad, right? I really like Notre Dame players. It's just not really working. And I think, I think we have, you know, that, that, has run its course. Like we know what we got in Tillery and it's not a great football player. Two and a half seasons. I mean, you, you know what you got, right? Well, he's in his third year, he's halfway through his third year and he looks like the same exact player he was last year. No development you mentioned it before. Like it would be one thing if we, he wasn't playing, but he has been playing his literally his entire career, significant minutes and there's been no progress. So it, yeah, it pains me to say it cause I was a fan I just don't see I don't see the value in the in the guy anymore. As a pass rusher, he offers something, right? He yeah. does. He's he's led the team in pressures three games this season, I think. But he's second on the team right now. Yeah, but as a player who is just getting gashed in the run game and he does, yeah. he just doesn't have the anchor to hold his ground. I he's that is such that is a bigger issue. His issue is a bigger issue than his positives are as a pass rusher. Well, I, I guess for my player, um, I guess I, I just need a disclaimer before I even get into it. I love Mike Williams. You know, I've always been a big fan, even of his when he was in Clemson. I was a big advocate for keeping him this offseason when so many Chargers fans wanted him gone, right? Currently leads the team with 498 receiving yards and six touchdowns. Absolutely awesome for him. He's definitely playing himself into a very, very big payday this offseason. With that being said, I would like to see him have a lesser role in this offense moving forward. Not because I don't think he deserves the extra targets, but I really do think this Charger offense is becoming way, way too predictable. When we need a big play, we're honing in either Keenan or Williams. And I understand wanting to go to a guy like Keenan like that with his route running ability. He is one of those guys that is basically always open. I really do not like relying on Williams in the same capacity. I I also think we have a lot of great playmakers that we have not been 
really utilizing well. Like back to your point, Jared Cook has been making some clutch plays the last couple of weeks, and I would love to see Parham used more. We haven't used him basically at all, but when we do throw his way, the dude's producing. Seven catches, 75 yards, two touchdowns, the two-point conversion. He had a, I, It was one called back, but I want to say he's had two called back on um, illegal formation penalties. So I'm always, and then I'm always going to say Eckler deserves more targets in the passing game. We go back to receiver Jalen Guyton's play, not been very impressive, but we, he really hasn't gotten a chance to show what he's capable of this year. Cause we're just not throwing his way. I also really want to see a lot more of Josh Palmer. I've I was going to get to that next. Getting a lot more snaps as the season, you know, comes along, but he hasn't really made any splash plays. I think that will, you know, change as he continues to develop. He gets more comfortable in this offense. But overall, I just want to see the Chargers spread the ball out a little more, right? I think we have a lot of talent that we're not really using. I think we have a very, very diverse group of skilled players. And right now we're really only using Keenan and Mike Williams. So I think there's a lot of talent we're kind of just wasting right now on our bench. So in the second half of the season, I'd really like to see us get more guys involved, see Lombardi scheme up some opportunities for the other guys, run some two tight end sets, because I think we're just too predictable. And you saw it against the Ravens. Keenan and Mike were completely taken out of their game. And our offense just disappeared with those two guys. We have to be willing to spread the wealth and be able to move the ball and put drives together when our top two options are not there. I'm with you 100% of the way. Josh Palmer is a player that, he is, hasn't really gotten a whole lot of targets, but he's made use of what targets he has gotten. I know he was kind of a, a preseason darling for us. Yeah. Uh, Josh Palmer deserves some targets as well. I, I even like some of the tight end screens we've thrown to, to Parham. They haven't always worked out, but it's it's a wrinkle. It's something different. He's yeah. not been really utilized as that deep threat, that vertical threat. I mean, the guy's 6'8". You, you, you throw him a jump ball, it's either – it's either his ball or he's big enough to, to knock it away or body the defender to, to get it out of the way. So I, I like the idea of both those players being taking on a much bigger, bigger role. And it, it's, I don't, and it, I understand, you know, Lombardi's system, it, it, his offense is all about mismatches, but if, if that's the case, it doesn't make sense why we're only targeting Keenan a game and then we're going Mike Williams a game. If that it's all about scheme matchups. It's Keenan, Allen, Mike Williams, and Austin Eckler. That's our right. whole offense. And also that's right. probably a big reason why the Ravens were able to shut that down. Jared Cook has been also like a pretty big target for them as well. And he's 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 coming into his own, but those are four guys. We have a lot of guys that could make plays if given the opportunity. I want to see us get a little less one-dimensional with our play calling and with our personnel grouping because the Ravens knew what we were doing. We are going Keenan and Mike, and they guarded those guys perfectly, almost as perfect as you can get. This, and they took those us have out been of our game. big third-down targets, right? My, I mean, right. Keenan Allen, we always know that Keenan, Keenan Allen's going – Third down, it's going to Keenan. Third down, it's going to Keenan. We've been doing it a lot more to Mike Williams, and we've been doing it a lot more to to Jared Cook. But you got some other guys there that are just yeah. going completely on notice. Exactly. I want to be a lot more flexible. I think we're way too predictable as an offense right now, and that is not something I thought we would be talking about with this Lombardi offense. You know, six weeks into the season. No, I, I agree with you there. 
I'm excited to get into this episode next week. Next week, yeah. we will be breaking down the Patriots. We're coming for you, Belly. Coming for you. I remember that loss last year, and now my heart rate's beating just thinking about it. I want to beat them down. I can't stand Belichick. And, you know, it's we haven't beat the Patriots in so long. I can't. So I mean, long. that has been, like, our kryptonite forever. Them and the Jets, like, <laughs> do you remember every year we would get to the playoffs with Rivers and LT in his prime? And the Jets would just beat us by a field goal. Yeah, we need we need to have some a, a big game here. We'll get into it next week. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will talk to you guys later. Sheath underwear makes the most comfortable boxer briefs I've ever worn. If you're sick of boxers that are too loose or briefs that are too tight, Sheath is for you. The most comfortable boxer briefs you'll ever put on your body. You see, their stretchy fabric is made out of a moisture-wicking technology. They're super soft, keep everything cool and comfortable, and right in place. Sheath is particularly useful for staying cool while working out. Now, the most unique thing about sheath underwear is that they have these dual pouches that keep your man parts separated, which prevents things from sticking together, keeps them right where they need to be. They'll be the most comfortable pair of boxer briefs you've ever won in your life. Plus, they have brand new materials like bamboo and mesh for even more cooling comfort. Go to sheathunderwear.com and get the most comfortable underwear you've ever worn. And if you use promo code IHEART, you'll also get 20% off your order. That's sheathunderwear.com. Promo code IHEART for 20% off your order. Sheathunderwear.com. Promo code IHEART.